life on the road. It's these tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns, and these fights, candle flights, running with the runs, and blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette, <laughs> drunks in the front, making out for your set, and middle acts doing blow more, missing merch, and drive the rental car past another mega church, and juice keys, vagina fist, your cell phone is gone. One big law and order marathon. Where was your audition? Santa. Park? Yeah. I li- I can throw a rock and hit that from are my you house. Serious? That's a great area. It's so pretty. Mm-hmm. I, take yeah, my, I, was, I take my kid to that park across the street all I the time. I love that park. I love that. Um, but I was telling him, I was like, there was a part of me when I got the call this morning that I was like, let's not talk until go. we go on the air. This is interesting. Oh, but this is interesting. Stop. Okay. We're talking. I've done it before. Uh-huh. So yeah, just chime in. I've never been asked to do it before. I've asked, I asked you yeah. so, I asked you last year at the Ice House. Oh, we're going to fight. I think the last time I did this was uh, 16 years ago. So. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a long time. It was. It was ago. early on. Yeah. Well, I got you this gig. I think so. Yeah, because he asked thank me who I wanted. Oh, thank you. And at the fifth name, I saw, oh, I know Jill. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the Road Stories Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Murray Valeriano, uh, part of the All Things Comedy Network, coming to you from... A box. A box with foam on the wall. We're at and the All bricks. Things Comedy uh, it's uh, like studio. It's almost cell. It really, it really is. It's, it's like slightly bigger. It feels like, it feels like lockup, which is... But the lighting show. is better. Yeah. <laughs> We've got the china balls up there. Yeah. And <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love, they need to be lower. That's how they make you... Is that the up light? Yeah, because I did a movie with Faye Dunaway, and she said, move that. Makes me look too good. I'm older in this. Ooh, <laughs> Faye Dunaway. Yeah, she was great. N- name dropping already oh, early yeah. into the... <laughs> she, was, she pulled her Oscar out of a purse, and she said, I won this. Really? <laughs> <laughs> it's on her keychain. That's, <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so check all things Comedy Network. Check uh, check out that site. Got a lot of great podcasts up there, including mine, uh, Bill Burrs, The Dork Forest, uh, Comedy Film Nerds, uh, Nick Yusef's, whatever his, the name of his is, I forget. <laughs> and so check out all things Forest. comedy. The Dork Forest. Oh, that's um, Jackie. Jackie Cation, yeah. She Have you done just, it? Uh, no, I've not done that She's show, awesome. but I've been you on her other it. show. She was okay. just on my show. Oh, She's great. She's been on my show. We love her. been on my show. I haven't. Well, whatever. I love- <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, a big shout. Thanks to everybody who came out to the Comics on Safari show last night uh, the house was packed uh it's a little limited tired the idea of you know i've been on a safari surf oh i'm sorry ari i was on a safari in africa i would always want to go on but that's not the show well i surf sort of you don't you just want to do the show i would have have sex with surfers okay doesn't that work (laughs) yeah that's right you've had sex with surfers i I used to be a surfer did you yeah oh yeah but then we were starting in florida you know the sebastian inlet there was a lot of shark attacks Mm -hmm. and that's when my mom made a deal with me so i ended up not doing anymore so she made me watch jaws like over and over again i was like all right i'm done (laughs) wait your mother actually spoke to you Huh? My mother doesn't speak to me. Oh, that's so <laughs> she complains to me. It's, awful. It's, like, it's like a career. No, my mom's awesome. She's awesome. My mom's she awesome was a surfer too. too. My mom, it's like a career. She, is, she really? now she can. She, she calls and it's always about her. Now she texts us and it's a, a complaint. Oh yeah, it's like she. It's like she's getting a commission for every time she says something. <laughs> my mom doesn't even text. That's that's really oh, I impressive. Got my mom, she's she's actually going to Apple classes at seventy six. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah my that, mom's like no. My well, dad, my dad texts like a letter. Dear Murray, 
How are you? <laughs> My mother always says, it's, I love you. I love you. You're so great. It's almost what all I can hear. It's not I love you. I hear, oh, I'm sorry for your childhood. I didn't mean to not be there. I'm sorry I had sex with a butcher and then married him. Uh, <laughs> your dad's a butcher? <laughs> no, her second husband. <laughs> Joining me today in the studio, uh, All Things Comedy Studio, is uh, my old friend Jill Michelle Milan. Is that right? Milan? Milan. Milan. I, was... I like how you did say it, though. Okay. Milan. Milan. I went French instead of Latina. It is It is French. Oh, so that's, that was my instinct. Say, Jill Michelle Milan. Oh, very nice. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, next to her is a recent friend, Jason Stuart. I yes. went French again. Stewart. Jason Stewart. Can be both comedians. Uh, very funny. I'm so glad to have you guys on. Thanks. We just did a fun show last, what was it? Sunday. Last Sunday yeah, uh, for at the, at the Improv for Sheena. You know, Sheena Metal. And she had yeah. the thing on Facebook that said she's intersexed. Uh-huh. And then Steve Bluestein said the funniest thing. He said, intersex, does that mean that we turn on the 405 freeway? <laughs> I think it was so funny. I didn't know she was intersex. I don't even, I'm not even, what the I don't know what intersex is. is. I'm not even sure exactly what intersex is. Yeah, I don't, I don't She is the that. best show. On you mean that. bisexual? No, oh. intersexed. What is that? I think that means you have more than one sexual thing. Wait, what? I don't know. If anybody knows, please. Wait, yeah, I don't, I've yeah. never heard intersex before. If anybody before. knows who's listening to this, go to jasonstewart.com, S-T-U-A-R-T, and email me and tell me what it means. Yeah, I don't know I hosted the uh, uh, Real L Word podcast with Stamey and, and Tracy's, oh, nice. the lesbian show. And well, lesbians I, are not intersex. Well, Sheena's a lesbian, I thought. Well, she, I think she's bi. She's okay. Bi. I think she's yeah. intersex, actually. Let's all gossip actually. about it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> beep, 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 No, she said it on Facebook. Maybe to all the comics and people that she knows, uh-huh. thank you for accepting me for being intersexed. I have no idea I what that I thought that meant she have a penis and a vagina. Oh, oh. God, I don't know. That's a hermaphrodite. Oh, okay. I think yeah. it's a hermaphrodite. Intersex. I think so. I don't know. Because it's got a fro, hey. <laughs> <laughs> More sex talk coming up after yeah. this. <laughs> sex on an intersection. Yeah. Oh, well, then I'm sex intersexed. at an intersection. <laughs> or on an interstate. But that was a fun show. That was a great that show. Was it was great. Great. So yeah. much, so well, much what fun. A great, I mean, everybody was so great. Yeah, mm-hmm. everyone. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Jason kicked it off in a in a great manner. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. And That's then I left before best. Jill came on. Yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> I you got missed a kid my now, man. Uh, 14 standing ovations. Oh, so, you beat uh, the 13. Yes. The record. Yes, I yes. missed the record. <laughs> uh, 17 for me. And you know, <laughs> the improv great. record. We can start this off on a down note. Another comic died. Ooh. Uh, do you guys know uh, Otto, George and Otto? Otto no. and George, I mean, I'm sorry, you didn't Greg know? Otto? No. no, no, not Greg Otto. Otto and George are a ventriloquist act out of New York. Did he oh die or gosh. the puppet? <laughs> I think they both. <laughs> One What's of them he goes. Did this just happen today? Uh, like a couple days ago. Oh my god. A couple gosh. days ago. John Panette. John Panette died of, yeah. Yeah. I uh, worked really with. Uh, about John Panette. Yeah, I know. I worked with him but, like six months ago at the Ontario Improv. Talking about standing call, ovations. Yeah. Oh, every yeah. night Thursday through Sunday well that's what was messed up is out. that they called me to uh, you know do his weekend last weekend uh-huh. and thank god I was already booked because imagine that like you know having to go in and do a show after he passes right, away right. Like, I just couldn't I don't know there's a part of me that was like I can't you can do it. Thank God I'm booked, so I don't have to really make a decision here. It's already made. You yeah. know, oof, that's yeah, tough. tough. Yeah, I uh, George and I. All right, there was the filthiest puppet act ever. George really? and Otto. They were, and I worked with them early on, back when I was just starting out at a place called. Did you know? I didn't, I didn't you know? know? They're New York guys, so. New York guys? Um, we worked in Queens at this place called the Melting Pot. It was like a bar gig, 
And Isn't that a restaurant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to work there in college. What? Yes. Oh right? God. It's in Queens, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, like, no, not in New York. I was in Florida when oh. I worked there. I went well, to school at USF. Is, I think, a, a franchise. Yeah, it's a oh, chain. Okay. Yeah. We used to have one here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, has anything ever happened to you? What's the worst thing that's ever happened to you in a bar? I can tell a great bar story. I was doing... A- <laughs> oh, well, well, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, well, let's see. Okay, doing stand-up. All right. We're supposed, to, we're supposed to tell stories from the road. Well, road stories. So this was... Uh, I was trying to segue into... To it really naturally, and you guys ruined it. I hate you both. Yeah, um, yeah nobody saw that. Not the first time. <laughs> well, I was doing a show in Merced, California. Merced. In a bar called the Saloon, something Saloon, mm-hmm. Silver Water Saloon, or okay. something like that. And I'm doing a show, and in the the uh, feature is on, mm-hmm. and then. There's a guy in the front row, and he's got his wife there. And this is when people could smoke. This is like over 20 years ago. And the feature is on, and all of a sudden, this woman is, is coughing, and her husband is smoking. And she's coughing, and she has this asthma attack. And the, you know, the 911 has to come, and the ambulance, and the whole show stops. Mm-hmm. And you know, and she's in the front row, so you can't hide it at all. <laughs> and then the, the, uh, the owner of the club goes, all right, Jason, you need to go on. You know, and I, I go, don't you think we should wait a second for the ambulance to get on? He said, uh, no, just go. Show must go on. You know? <laughs> so, I, so I get on stage, and the first thing I say is to the guy who's still there, I say, aren't you going to go with your wife? And he goes, oh, no, I paid for this. <laughs> wow. And then he starts to smoke again. And, I'm, and I said to him, I said, you know, you're smoking. Your wife, just, yeah. Can I say the F word? Yeah, sure. Yeah, fuck her. I'm sick of her shit. Jeez. She's my third wife anyway. (laughs) So what'd you do? Kill the other two? Right. And he got so mad at me for saying these things, he jumped at me from the stage. Really? He jumped at me. Yeah, he jumped at me. And this is how I met my biggest fan, Medea Yorba, Mm -hmm. my biggest fan of all who fell in love with me. This is before I was out. She actually thought I was straight. I know. Stop it. I don't want to hear any of the jokes right now. If you do, I'm going to choke somebody. Um, <laughs> so she jumped. Uh, he, he jumps on the stage and she stopped him. She was there with her boyfriend at the time and she stopped him and, and uh, he pushed her down. Ooh. And then her boyfriend and her, they got into a fight. And th- this is this. And I, and I thought, welcome to comedy. <laughs> uh, you know, and that was one of my first experiences of having anything violent happen to me on stage. Oh, mm. what, a, what about you? Anything violent? Yeah. Really? There is. Um, yeah, I was in uh, doing a show in Visalia, Where? California. Visalia? It's always, it's, always little, it's on yeah. the way. It's between yeah. San Francisco and, and L.A. Mm-hmm. It's all these places. They used to have a string of oh, one-nighters. Yeah, okay. and, and they're and they're great. You do mm-hmm. like the Fox Theater or whatever, and and it wasn't necessarily at the theater. It was the afterwards because um, I always like to like. And it's different now, but I used to like to always go and see the locals and mm-hmm. what's going on. I love that stuff. You know, when do you ever go to Visalia? You know, so it's like, hey, I'll go to the local karaoke bar afterwards. It'll be fun. And I was with the other comic, and we were sitting. We were really close to where the little stage was, and we were joking about this one joke that he does, where he like you know does this face, and I was doing the face. Well, the girl that was singing. I mean, she was so depressing. It was terrible. But I wasn't talking about her. I was playing with the other comic. And literally after she was done, she drops the mic and goes, puts her hands right on the table and goes, what the fuck you think you're doing, huh? You making fun of me? And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And there was a part of me that just shut down Mm -hmm. 
because she could have punched me. You sure. know, she could have totally punched me. So she and didn't. You were dressed so dressed up and wearing a nice outfit. Your makeup was all done. So she, you didn't want to mess that up. Oh, absolutely not. So <laughs> no, but I mean, like I'm a black belt in Taekwondo, mm-hmm. and it's like, but she could have hit me like right, like you know. So I know what to do if something were to go down. And plus, she was like, huh, yeah, I can take that, but I can't take a whole bar, and I'm in her town. <laughs> so my body just froze up, and then the um, the bodyguards, like or bodyguards, whatever, the security, people, security, yeah, they came over and they're like, what did you do? And I was like, I didn't do anything. She, I was making i'm a comic i just finished the show and blah and so they took her outside separated us told me i needed to leave Mm -hmm. and then like the cops showed up i was like this is what the hell is this (laughs) you don't know what you did i didn't know because i was she thought i was making fun of her did you not know that you were made fun you didn't know you you had no idea why she was doing that to you um well she told me she said you know you making fun of me whatever and i was like i'm not making fun of you but it was like that thing of that moment where you're like she could have hit me. Oh, sure. She, I was wide open. And I'm like, that, I'm not going to the local bars No anymore. more Vasilios no, or whatever. No, no, no more. So now <laughs> I just, I, you know, we kind of just do our thing, like, you know, with other comics in the hotel yeah, afterwards. Yeah. Like, we'll go down to have a drink and safe, safe, right. safe, safe. <laughs> so, I went to a bar. I went to a bar one time after a show and one of the got one of the like the audience members showed up there and I just it was before my kid and I just just getting drunk with the, with this audience member and I don't know what led up to me saying this but I said I'll arm wrestle any girl in here <laughs> <laughs> and like literally as I said that a hand on my shoulder oh. and I turned around and there was like it was Sacramento so there's like it's like a fleet town uh-huh. and the, this woman docked there from being like a merchant marine or whatever and she's like let's do it and I'm like oh shit and she just fucking Boom, pounded me, man. Just fucking lost it. Did you have to like buy her drinks or something? No, I was too embarrassed. I'm like, she's like, I win and walked away. And then the other guy just made fun of me. (laughs) I'm like, but did you see the size of her? Then he took a photo and put you up on the wall. (laughs) Has anybody ever had a gig that scared you? Like when you got there, you're like, you were completely frightened. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was doing a gig and this is, do you remember um, Paul Massier? Yeah. Have you, are mm-hmm. you around for him? Were you? I don't know Paul Messier. He used to book these one-nighters all along that area. Yeah. And this is a place called Castellopolis. Castle mm, I don't know who I would tell you, we had more fun driving back and forth in these places. <laughs> it's the always car. the fun in the car. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, always yeah. the best stuff. Ever they the... need to put a camera in the car, <laughs> the so comic car. Because we would, Marcy Smolin, I don't know if you know, oh, she's yeah, an yeah, yeah. coach teacher now. And Claudia Lano was the other act. And she was the uh, opening act. And she's a big writer producer now. Mm-hmm. And we had more fun in the car. Marcy would, betri- would pretend to give me a head and then laugh so much as the truck drivers go by. But what was so funny is she laughed so much we never got to see the reaction of the people. She, just thought she, she thought it was so funny. Well, her giggling must have been really like erotic for the truck drivers. They're like, well, she's doing good. Yeah, she's big boobs. But we went to a place. It, it looked like the Bates Motel. Mm-hmm. It was way up on a hill in a mountain someplace, and it was some resort. And there was a hotel, and then there was a bar. And in the back of the bar, there was like a room they would have banquets in. And it was Claudia, uh, Marcy, and then me. And I thought, oh my God. And in the back of the room during Claudia's show, now you have to, three Jews. Okay. Okay. For this white bread kind of inbred <laughs> kind of you know deliverance crowd, mm-hmm. and, and one guy says in the back of the room, "When Claudia's on, think I'm gonna kill me some Jews." Whoa! What? Yeah. So she does her show for like eight minutes, 
Marcy, <laughs> she's like, up. I'm done. Yeah. And then Marcy goes up and she starts to cry. Oh, when, <laughs> you know, too much. And then I go up and I, this is in the day with my crazy <laughs> hair and everything. And I'm doing the show. And at the end of the show, this same guy comes out and he comes out, <laughs> he comes out of the men's room and he's wearing a jacket and he opens his jacket and he's completely nude. What? And the waitress says to the girls, you know, as they're going into the women's room, she says, you gals probably don't want to go in there. Why? Well, the last girl was raped. Oh, oh. that's nice. So we went back to the hotel room. We packed all our stuff and we left. <laughs> oh, my God. And there was no second show the next <laughs> Oh, night. right. Oh, there were wow. literally eight people in the showroom. I mean, what? Yeah. I mean, it was just, you know, oh. so you, you would get the money and you, you they were basically a check to, dr- to drive someplace. Yeah, wow. yeah. I mean, it was yeah. really terrible. Well, as long as the check cleared, you oh, know, yeah. then that's what's important. That's, yeah. Well, yeah. there was those gigs where you're like, oh, it's made up. Okay, it's a Bank of America check. Where's the nearest Bank of America? Exactly. Oh, I used to do that too. <laughs> no, yeah. I asked for cash. Oh, yeah. Talk a little bit more into the mic. I've, I think. I've, I've, I've asked for cash. <laughs> yeah. Or you just have them cash it right there. I've had where they've um, tried to negotiate after the show. Oh, that's the worst when they're like listen you know it didn't it didn't do as well as we thought so instead of this money we want to give you and i'm like no Mm-mm. no 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 no. and then you know you get paid but you have to like be like really strong about it because man it's shysters out there i remember when you were saying violence um me carlos alice rocky wait no no carlos oscar i because i i you, you know, I, I work with Carlos Azraki all the time too. Yeah. But this was with Carlos Oscar and Luke Torres, and they, oh, yeah, they, guys. yeah, they're awesome. And they picked us up um, in like this stretch limo, which were like, oh, okay. We were at the airport, and um, this man walks in with a pimp suit, like purple, <laughs> like like as though like we were casting like some really hilarious, uh, you know, show, and we're like, give us the most ridiculous, stereotypical right. pimp suit. And here he walks in, and he's got gold teeth, and he's like, hey, you guys need anything? You just let me know, okay? You need um, you need some weed, or you know, we're all like, what? And we're just like, oh, I can't really do comedy high. It's just not gonna work. I think I'm funny, but no one else does. <laughs> Exactly. But we get to the, um, finally we get to the theater and it's sold out and it is just chaos. Mm -hmm. These are like rambunctious people in this audience. I mean, I I think I saw paper airplanes being thrown around. Like it was like that kind of crowd. And um, we get there and we get to the green room and there's no water. It's all champagne. And we're like, okay, this is ridiculous. And then they had like a posse back there that had nothing to do with the comics. Isn't that weird? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Isn't that weird? You, you, you'll be in your room and all of a sudden there's all these people. Who are they? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, who are these people? Just drinking and having a ball. And you're like, okay. Your drink, supposedly. Yeah, yeah supposedly. Yeah. It takes but. the pressure on you. Off yeah. you from having to get your own posse. <laughs> I guess so. I'm like, I just want to pick those. I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, that was a tough show to get through. It was just more like robotic mode because, you know, yeah. you're just like, that's the, that's the paycheck. But we yeah, got paid yeah. in cash for that one. Yeah, so that one's different. Was that Northern California also? Um, I don't know. We got on a plane, so I don't oh, think okay. it was Northern California. It was a while back, so I don't remember. I tried to wipe that out of my memory. I was really <laughs> so. nervous about doing anything that was in a restaurant when I first started or something that was in a, if, you know, I remember once on one of these things, there was, I, I don't know what it was, but there, there had been a restaurant where I guess there was one area where one table was, you know, 
sort of had this sort of little gate around it. I don't know. And, and, and you'd stand there in the middle in this gated area. <laughs> <laughs> like no were, stage? No, there was, it was, it was like a, a house of gate. pies. Or, <laughs> it's like a dog area. gate. Yeah, it's like a dog <laughs> gate. Yeah. You're standing there doing comedy. And you're sort of like, I don't know, like they're going to lift you up in that area and you're going to maybe change a light bulb. Or, <laughs> things like weird things like that. Oh, so many things have happened. I don't even, it, just crazy stuff. Uh, have you ever been fired? I have not been fired. Been no, fired really. Surprisingly, oh. I have never been fired. I've never been fired. fired. I'm, never I'm surprised too. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot. No, funny, for me. Oh. So. <laughs> I, I will say everything about this one. It was Mark Johnson was the booker. It was in... Uh, um, Am I going to have to bleep names? Really? Am I going to have to? No, he's dead, I think. Okay. <laughs> not, he should be. Um, it, was in, it was in Funny Bones in uh, Des Moines, Iowa. And okay. I was Which selling, is still there, I think. Is it? Yeah. I was selling out. Uh-huh. It was like one during my heyday when I was real, you know, when the comedy clubs were really, really happening, and he had they never picked me up until like you know this, for those at home who don't know this, usually there's an opening act, a middle act, and then there's the headliner, and they pick us all up usually at the same time, mm-hmm. and you'd get there or at least you'd be there while the opening act was on. Well, they wouldn't pick me up all night. You were doing in those days, you do probably six to eight shows for the week, and they didn't pick me up. You know, until like maybe 15 minutes before I was going on. What? Ew. Yeah, it was sort of weird. And yeah. I called up and I finally said, I said, hey, Mark, it's Jason. I mean, it's it's like literally 830 and I'm on it, you know, quarter of nine. I mean, we're, we'll pick you up when we're damn ready. Don't call here. Wow. You know, and he said, stop. Bu-. And then I got into the club and I said, and he hung up on me. And I, and I said, you know, I said, I said, nobody hangs up on me. I mean, mm-hmm. that's incredibly disrespectful. He said, get out of here. Because he was in the bar. And apparently it was a stressed night. Someone didn't show up. I didn't know what was going on, but it was still inappropriate. Sure. So I do two shows and I sell out. And he called. I I think somebody picked me up on this Sunday night to come in for the last show. And he gives me a check, which is prorated, and says, you are fired. Oh. Takes my arm, pulls me by the arm, and, and throws me out in the front. And has a police officer there. What? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's sort of a... a, a a gay thing what I was told later by people you know he just didn't like the idea of a gay guy saying and we're telling what to do and I remember really? that I had gotten he knows off. you're gay he hired you oh yeah it was, re- it was during the early days in the 90s in the mm-hmm. mid 90s and it was really interesting because I had done a Christian radio show which I did not know was a Christian mm-hmm. radio show because no one told me right I mean I know how to handle myself on any kind of radio show Jill's sure. known me forever if you you know I can do the what crosses I- in the room didn't give it away <laughs> <laughs> the priest on the no, mic yeah. <laughs> nothing he didn't they didn't say anything uh-huh. the opening prayer before yeah, the show yeah. nothing I flirted with him or I did something I don't even remember that, <laughs> that offended him so much and he just he, he later just said how dare you act like this and tell me what to do and I said well I'm doing a show here I think I should actually be in the room <laughs> you know, it's just, it was terrible wow, wow. That, that's crazy you that's, had a couple firings oh I was fired in Amarillo Texas when I was this is in probably 1985 when I did one of my first opening act on the road I just want to say I he's not known for being fired he just left me a voice message today oh, saying oh really? I got fired here 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 and here and here let's discuss well, that for now no, he's going to be no, known as being fired I've only been fired twice but this one was really nice a nice firing guy, yes I, the, the headliner was this southern act and I can't remember his name he was so sweet and this is when we were all sharing comedy condos in those days and uh, he 
I, after two nights, the owner called me on the phone. His wife just loved me. And, and I wasn't out then. I was mm-hmm. closeted wearing my leopard pants and my zebra jackets. And I'd spike on my hair. Because that's closeted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I danced in a circle because I didn't want anybody to know I was gay. <laughs> and he, he calls me on the phone. And he says, I just want you to know that me and my wife likes you a lot. But we're going to have to let you go. We're going to pay you. And we're going to change your flight. But, you know, there are people here that just want to kill you. So oh <laughs> we don't gosh. think it's safe. And we lack you too much to keep you here. Oh, well, that is a nice that is a firing. Nice firing. A very nice, <laughs> I'm going to protect you. Yeah. Most of the time getting fired had to do with being gay. Really? Oh, yeah. And once it happened on a sitcom, but yeah. Well, you can't, you can't just gloss over that. Oh, you don't want me to? We can talk. Well, this was on a sitcom, a very popular sitcom. Uh-huh. At the time, and it, 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 every gay guy was in, in for this role, mm-hmm. and it was the role, my usual role, a manager of some store, and <laughs> I did two scenes, and we did the table read, and they were just great and loved everything, and then we did the producers uh, run, which they do on sitcoms for you guys at home. They do a, a table read, and then you rehearse, and then the next day you do a, a, a run through of mm-hmm. the show in front of the producers, but they did it the second day rather than the third or the fourth, and. Y- the reaction wasn't the same for whatever weird reason. You know mm-hmm. how that is. Yeah. It just happens. Usually it's because they've heard their jokes before. Sure, of course. And the director said, hey, that was great. See you tomorrow. And that was it. And I get a call from my manager that I'm fired, that they, they decided to go another way. Mm. But they never said, hey, do it differently. There was no mm-hmm. direction. or D- Who got rehired? Who, who took they your place? They hired a real heavy set fat guy. Mm. He was an okay. intersexual. Yeah. yeah. Was an inter- an intersexual. Interstate sexual. Interstate having sex. And they hired some of those physically completely different and you know different kind of guy and i later and one of the stars of the show who's really big right now uh called me on the phone because we had known each other and she said hey we all were so upset it's nothing to do with you the manager told me that and then i heard three weeks later from the director that one producer got up you know a hair up his butt and mm-hmm. didn't want a gay guy playing this part hmm. yeah you know that happens though because i'm mad that happened on mad tv we um not that someone got fired but we had a sketch about scientology mm-hmm. and we had the read we did the rehearsal. We were already on set in um, in dress rehearsal, and it was funny. I was Penelope Cruz. Mm-hmm. You know, there was Tom Cruise. There was Kirstie Alley. There's John Travolta. It was hilarious, and it was like this big wedding ceremony. It's when when Penelope Cruz and Tom Cruise were dating, and um, all she of a sudden, was a Scientologist. Yeah, that's what the whole oh. joke was. You know that now she's marrying into the Scientology, and it was hilarious. Like one of the best sketches, and all of a sudden we're on set and um, come down and go, okay, done. And we're like, what? Like, this sketch is out. Mm. And we're like, but why? Like, we had sketches out. Uh, had one of the top people at Fox, uh, Scientologist doesn't want this. Bye. And it was like, whoa. Like, I mean, we can talk bad about black people and right, right. white people and Latins and, you know, different other religions. But it was amazing how, like, something it hits a nerve and you're out. It's There's out. Something about Plus Scientology is crazy. <laughs> you knew about the whole case that Judy Toll did against no. them. Do you know Judy Toll? Yeah. Uh, Wonderful writer, producer, comedian, actress. Speaking of dead. So funny. She passed away around five years ago. Oh, a little bit longer than that, that I think. longer than that. So funny. Well, she Great girl. had taken Scientology classes because they promised that they would get her a television series. Oh my gosh. And she didn't get the I would series. totally take the class. So, well, <laughs> so you know how crazy and funny she was. So she took them to court and she got all of her money back. Wow. Really? Thousands of dollars. Yeah. Wow. Thousands and thousands of dollars. Wow. Yeah. wow. That's interesting. And so Judy Toll. Yeah. <laughs> One of the funniest people that ever lived. Oh, she was great. She was great. Oh my gosh. Do you see a more, I don't know, what's the word? I always... 
acceptance now? I mean, because you said you got fired because you're gay. And, and is, do you, is, have you seen a change throughout the 20 years or whatever? I think you definitely big change. Yeah. But I think now that for comedians, for actors, it's different. But for comedians now, I think the thing is, is they want you to be who you are. But don't talk about it so much. Yeah. They, they say right. things about Latin yeah, too. Yeah, well, it's not even that I, my comedy is not even so Latin. I mean, I mm. talk about it a little bit, but it, it's I won't even get hired because I'm a girl. See, I won't get fired because they won't even hire me. Uh-huh. So it's like if they're hiring me, I'm, that's why I probably have never been fired is cuz right. you know, it's like but it's like it's like oh god, 100 bookings for a man and one for a girl. It is the it is weirdest crazy. thing. You, it's you horrible. You still see it now on the comic comes. I think once I was at the Laugh Factory and there were two gay guys on the bill and I was completely shocked. Oh, really? It's Rarely will you ever see two gay people on a bill. Hmm. Rarely. Unless it's a show that's a produced, a comedian book show. Sure. Yeah. Or some of the shows that we do where there are just a lot of gay people. Mm-hmm. But when the club, they'll never do that. And mm-hmm. and there's always just one woman, maybe one gay guy, you know, one black person, and and sixteen uh, straight guys. Yeah, guys. <laughs> wearing yeah. bowling shirts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and a goatee. Or, and a goatee. Or, or jackets with their they push up the judge the sleeves. <laughs> you exactly. were the pushed up the sleeves era, weren't you? Yeah, oh, you totally God. were. You must have been. I I received pictures of you at the comedy store from back Did in you? the day. I think it was the oh, comedy store. Tons of me pictures of big me bouffant. There. Oh, it wasn't bouffant. It was spikes. Oh, it was a spikes. I look sort of like. What did you? Do you remember me then? I don't I even know. know. I didn't know I think you I, then. I, I met you around 19, early 90s, right? Oh, gosh. No, I didn't get out here until 2000. I really? In 2000. Oh, God. I thought I knew you from the 90s. Yeah. Never mind. I'm old. <laughs> um, oh, God. Did you get started out here? I, I Yeah. I started comedy in 83. Mm-hmm. I was very young. And I really, you know, I started as, a, you know, Jerry Seinfeld, that whole group of people would hate me, but I was an actor. Mm-hmm. I started acting when I was eight. I started studying when I was 14. I got my first television show as an actor when I was 19. I did my first play when I was 16. Mm-hmm. And then I started doing comedy after that because I couldn't get a job. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get arrested because I was gay. And people would look at me and just say things like, you know, the light and the loafers. That was the thing they would say about right. you. Or they'd look at you and, and they would basically, you could see that they would shut down. I, of course, thought it was me. That I there was some that I wasn't any good or yeah. they, they just hated me. But what it was is they just didn't want to. They go, what do we do with that? That mm-hmm. doesn't exist anymore. And then after Jim Bullock on Too Close for Comfort, I think that was the end of gay guys playing these generic characters mm-hmm. on television. So I was too young for that, and I sort of missed it. And then I came out in '93, and then I started working in sitcoms a lot because of Drew Carey. He gave me a guest star on his show. And then from 2000, I mean, from 95 till around the early 2000s, I was doing tons of sitcoms. Uh-huh. And then those sort of ended. And they started doing one camera. And I started doing other shows like House and Charmed and Closer and all that stuff. And then uh, when I did The Closer, I played an old Jew kind of New York guy. And then I started, now I've sort of moved over to talking like this and playing this guy <laughs> a lot in every show. Because, you know, when you hit 40, there's no. Uh, there's no place for gay people because we die at 40. Oh, really? Yes, because we're at a disco and we get hit by a ball <laughs> and there's no more parts for us. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, even for Latin women over a certain age, you, from 40 to 60, I think you just drop dead you know, and you come back as somebody's mother. As, yeah, as, yeah, as, Abu, no is it you're hot. What is it? Abuelita. Abuelita. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Rancho, you're like a hot young girl and then all of a sudden you come back later. Yeah, you, that's why I mother. have a joke about that. You say, um, we go from a glass of wine like, hi, how are you, to whiskey and a cigarette like, I don't care who you are. <laughs> but it's... Um, it has happened. But what's weird is that, yeah, I'm Latin, but I look very European. So it's a very... Oh God, you know, thank goodness so like, we you? have like Sofia Vergara and, and, you know, Eva Longoria opening up the doors more because, you know, they'd walk... I walk into a room and they're like, oh, you're not Mexican. No, 
get out, you know? And it's like, oh, gosh, you know? So now it's it's getting a little bit more diverse of that, hey, there's different shades of Latin, you know? Um, but still, I, I mainly go out for, you know, uh, Caucasian roles because of that. And then I know when I walk into a room and I'm doing a Latin role, I have to put on a slight accent because if not, they'll just look at me like, uh, what are you? Uh, this says Latin. In the, yeah. Yeah. Down, please. You change your hair is lighter. So you have a different look too. Well, I've changed my hair lighter because I'm getting grays now. So <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that girl. But no, still, it gives you a I look. Like it. But, you, but it is interesting and, and they will want women. If you are Latin at times, they want you to either really look like and to be some old crone mm-hmm. or or, you know, have that really thick accent and be hot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, and I can do it. It's, it's like, network right. television. Okay, more. everybody. It's okay. <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, it's weird because, it, you know, being on the road and being a girl, it's funny because the first, the first five years of my career, it was... Uh, the bookers loved... They thought it was hilarious that a girl comic is coming. Ooh, what are we going to do that's really fun? I went to probably every strip club in the United States of America. <laughs> like I know all the strippers. They become my friends. You know, it's like I don't want to lap dance. Like, right. please, I just saw you rub up on the guy with the turban. Like, don't <laughs> please do not buy that for me. So it's I'm so numb to all of that. And these girls, it's Gosh. sad, you know, and and they really do. Like they they sit down and talk to me after and I get to know them and mm-hmm. get to know their stories. And I'm sorry, you know, I sorry for the strippers out there that say, Oh, I'm going to I'm doing this to get through school and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's deeper stuff than that. Yeah, great yeah, choice. Yeah. Yeah. Great choice. <laughs> See, for a gay guy on the road, it's a complete opposite. You're, you're, the show's over. They're done with you. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Everybody is. They don't want to hang out with you? Nobody does. Yeah. Really? Oh, huh. yeah. There's no... The, the social thing is like gone. Occasionally, somebody you become friends with guys on the road. You're right. hanging with the club people. Never. Maybe but some, is that not in your contract? Like sometimes you have to go afterwards to the after yes, party? Yes, yes. Okay. Or, or what they do is they will take me to the gay bars in town. Like if I get, would get there now, like on a Thursday, because people will know who you are. And they'll yeah. go, oh my God, he's in town. And it starts the, the, the especially buzz. if it's a small town, yeah, yeah. start mm-hmm. the buzz. But used to be in the day, you'd be on the cover of the gay magazine. You'd have a pick of the week in their version of the LA Weekly, their entertainment magazine. There'd be a story about me in their paper. Mm-hmm. You'd do two or three radio shows and you do their early morning, you know, uh, hello, you know, Satch Morning watch. Zoo, whatever. Yeah. yeah, whatever it is. You do some, and you used to do all that, and you could sell out mm-hmm. if you were mm-hmm. funny and you knew how to do radio. Yeah. But now it's it's so hard because it's all the press is on the net and everything is national. So to get something local that just these people are listening to is very difficult. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's become the social media. You have to find the people. How do you do it? It's very difficult now, isn't it? Well, it is a lot of your fan base for social media now. It's mm-hmm. that loyal fan base that happens. Yeah, they're um, media. The press doesn't mean anything anymore. No, it doesn't. It is that local booker, that one that's doing the hustle, the day to day, and getting those people out there and letting people know that the show is there and selling those tickets. Because if they leave it up to radio or just throwing it in the ads in the papers, it's no one. There's just too much media now. Like, yeah. no ads don't mean anything because yeah. no one reads those papers yeah, anymore. Yeah. Nobody wants. They'd much rather you know read and see what's going on nationally. It's much more interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you know yeah. it is. It is a problem. I'll be but happy I also, if morning radio goes under. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> I, I I used to like doing it. I used to have fun. Yeah. Some of the guys were great. Yeah. They were just great, mm-hmm. and they would have you on, and then you all the time. Uh, I I did. Oh, there's one in St. Louis called Stephen DC that I used to do all the time. 
there was a one in, uh, they had a lot of these uh, TV shows that you would even do that mm-hmm. you would go, uh, did you do them all? I love that Bob and Tom one. Oh, yeah, Bob and Tom's great. They yeah. scare the shit out of me. Really? Oh, really? Why? Because they, they're, they're very, no, they're really, they're smart guys. Yeah. No, but they're very controlling. And until they got their TV show, they would go, okay. And they would point who could talk and who could. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. The last time I did it was with Louis C.K. Mm-hmm. And he was, it's before he broke. And it was, I, I was thinking about put that, I should put that show up online because their, their TV, their radio show became a TV show. Is it still a TV show? I don't know yeah, if it's still a TV show I or not. I think so. Is it? Local. Oh, but it's, yeah. Okay. It's, yeah. But it's, lo- it's bigger than local. It's, it's, it's just Midwest. But it's something. all Midwest. Yeah. Like it goes everywhere. And it was funny because I need to do that show again because I got more like emails and people from that show about because I said I was single and I was like oh well here I am single again maybe I should go back and do this show <laughs> because it was better than going like on those match.coms right. or something if you want to go to a you know someplace in the midwest and live yeah and at this point I no would, I'll just fly them and ship them out yeah. so. <laughs> oh for me I'd be willing to quit the whole business and find a good guy yeah I, really oh my god every, I oh. could quit everything tomorrow ready to settle down are you oh I could quit tomorrow yeah you may have a baby yeah, no, no children because I no. can't can't have kids. I have nice furniture. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, there is a part of me that could, if I could find somebody terrific. Are you kidding? Mm-hmm. That would want to take care of me. Yeah, because I I have agents in New Orleans. You can work anywhere as an actor as a comic these oh, days. Yeah, it's definitely. not the same world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just isn't anymore. But that's the key. You said take care of you. So uh, no yeah. well, I don't really need anybody to take care of me because I got all my money. I did. A, I, I set myself up. <laughs> oh, also okay, sugar daddy. Well, you. Mm. you yeah, my daddy taught me. <laughs> you know, during you, you you do during the times when you make a lot of money. Yeah, I mean that you you really really comics don't. So you mm-hmm. can totally go to the Midwest and pluck one up like easily. They're all just waiting. I say go to the airport now and just hold up a sign that says Nebraska. That's the best way. <laughs> you were saying that. That's yeah, great. get them go in. to the airport what, before anybody wrecks them. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Get them before. Pluck yeah. one up. Yeah, just pluck one up. Oh, pluck like, one fuck. up. I yeah. couldn't figure oh, out what. Would you use that? He said, pluck one no, up? No, no. I just no. like, I didn't register what pluck one up meant. Oh, plug it. Like, just grab yeah, them. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> Put a little sound effect with it. It helps. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I, you grew, I grew up on cartoons, so yeah. I need. <laughs> you, I think like a cartoon. So. You grew up in Miami, right? Yes. Where'd you grow up? Uh, basically, New Jersey and Tennessee. Oh, see. I, oh, Geez, that's yeah. like culture shock. I know, I know. I grew up in. I was born in New York, but I was a year old when we when we moved to Los Angeles. Oh, okay. We drove across country in a Chevy. I was really short, so I didn't have a choice. And I, so for me, growing up in Los Angeles, I really, you know, I was, you know, I was a big star when I was a kid in school, because um, uh, that's I thought of myself that way. I, right. sort of, I raised myself to be that almost. I don't know about you, but I raised myself. I was preparing this whole. Oh. To be a celebrity. And <laughs> he was taking pictures of himself. Signing autographs. Oh, no, but it was more, it was was more than that. To be a it, really, it really emotionally, <laughs> really? That's, how, that's how I survived. Because mm-hmm. as a gay kid, you know, being beat up, and mm-hmm. I was also bullied a lot and all that stuff. So when I, when I got into show business, I never had been out of Los Angeles. I went to Oklahoma the first time, and I opened for Shirley Hemphill from What's Happening? <laughs> <laughs> and I was the opening act. Vince Champ was the middle act. Do you remember Vince Champ? Mm-hmm. Anybody remember that name? Uh, yeah, it's because, yeah, what's yeah, going was... on now, it, his name's been come back up. Why? Uh, there's an, another comic who's been arrested for 
sexual assault. Who? I'm not going to say on the name, but you can find it on the internet. It's oh. all over the place. Who, why can't we say? Because uh, I don't want to talk about it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, Vince Champ was the nicest guy to me. He helped me get all my first jobs. Okay. And, he, and he turned out to be a serial rapist. Yeah. And went to jail. <laughs> 25, 25 years or something? Yeah, it was sort jail? of crazy yeah. because I would never have known this. Uh-huh. He would call me and he'd, he'd say, let's have chow. And he'd give me names of bookers. And Shirley Hempel and the three of us were... Um, uh, in this show in Oklahoma, it's my first gig that I ever had mm-hmm. on the road. I was the opening act. I got uh, $500 for two weeks. That was 16 shows. No, oh, jeez. And uh, Shirley Hempel, I never Still forget. Still like the improv. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. But airfare, and I had a place oh. in the condo. And I didn't have to pay for extra luggage because I had a different outfit for every night. Um, <laughs> that's how crazy I was. And it was so funny because Shirley Hempel would show up, and she would wear, I'm not, God bless her, she, she was from very rural uh North Carolina or South Carolina, mm-hmm. very rural. And she talked about it in her act. And she would wear men's gym pants, the kinds with the stripe on the side, mm-hmm. uh, a fitted man's shirt buttoned down, and diamond earrings. And she looked over me the first time. She said, and this is before I was out. I mean, I, it was 1985. Mm-hmm. And she'd say, uh, Jason, do you think I look like a lesbian? I said, well, yeah, I think you do, Cheryl. She didn't speak, speak to me for two days. <laughs> uh, then she said, okay, we're going to go see King David. It was with Richard Gere. Went to the movies, and I thought it was the worst movie ever, and I laughed through the whole thing. She said, Jason, can't believe you're a Jew. We didn't talk for another two days. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But she did teach me, get half your money up front mm-hmm. uh-huh. if you're getting a lot of money. And she mm-hmm. got it in cash. She said, Jason, always get half your money up front. And what I learned was really so great about her is that she would come on stage, and she would just go, hey, y'all, what's happening? And the audience would go nuts. And I thought, oh my God, this is what I want. Mm-hmm. This kind of, you know, what's happening was one of the biggest shows sure. in the, the 80s. The power on TV. of television is so oh, amazing. Not anymore, though, in the same way. What as is then. it? But it is still in the comedy world, I believe. Like when I'm doing a show with uh, someone that has a series that's on, it's like they don't really have to say anything funny. You know, it's just they're kind of like, or they tell stories about like some stuff that But they have on to have set. some talent. And after all, there has to be some joke somewhere. Because I've seen them do it and then all of a sudden they lose it yeah. like 15 minutes in and all of a sudden people are going well he's not the same as right. he was on TV yeah that is Jerry true. Seinfeld said you get five minutes of fame okay. now, now yeah. you got 15 yeah. <laughs> but now because that next so, 55 so... minutes or 45 minutes you gotta, gotta be funny gotta be funny yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. After they give you in 10, 15 minutes, then all of a sudden they go, what the hell happened here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Carlos well, sometimes was so big. They're so, they're so um, I don't know, I always find like when, when comics have struggled and then they get fame, it's a different, it's so different. Oh, yeah. But when they get the fame really fast, they they walk off stage and say, like, no one's laughing, and they'll walk off stage and go, oh, man, I killed it. And you're like, what? Like, it, it's like delusional. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I'm like, what part of killed it are they talking right. about? Like, killed the people dead? Like, they're <laughs> comatose? Because I didn't hear laughter. Like, it was, it's amazing how they, and they really believe that they did a great job. That always makes me uncomfortable because I'm like, Wait, am I delusional? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, did, I, like, did I really? Did that set good, or was that really suck? When they were You're clapping, with my head stop. <laughs> when you were clapping, does it mean opposite? Like, yeah, I don't know. yeah totally. <laughs> Although there's another school of thought. Our friend Helen Hong. Oh, uh, she's just. She, I love Helen. Yeah, she's great. Her her thing is no matter if you have a bad set, come off with the attitude of you had a great set. 
Why? Oh, I she said, I have to go back and listen because we talked about it on the episode of the show. Well, just you mean learn from it and not feel bad about it? Um, just present like if you run into people at the end, at the bar, just like, hey, thanks oh, for right. oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it was fun. You got, thanks for coming. Yeah, we're going to be here again tomorrow night, you know. And all oh, that. of course. Yeah, you're not going to be like, that was horrible. I, I would love to say this That's what I on, a, on a radio show. <laughs> just a drink in the I do corner. it to other <laughs> comics. I'm like, don't even talk to me. I don't know. <laughs> right. That was awful. Yeah. Yeah. Good show. No, it wasn't. You know it. I'll talk to you later. Yeah. <laughs> I worked in Nebraska at the Funny Bone. I used to work for the Funny Bone a lot. I, 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 I was a middle act for probably from 86 to 90, 91. Mm-hmm. And then I was a headliner from then on. And I, I was very, I was a middle, I never, I was in an opener very long because in those days when I started, you know, uh, you would do comedy all over LA and you'd mm-hmm. work on it for three, four years before you went on the road. And I was, so I had like a half hour material, but, I, and I went on the road for like, I think two times, three times as an opener. And then from there on, I was a the middle for seven years or something. And then I went to headlining mm-hmm. and never went back. And that's just the way it happened from, from, that was just my journey. And, uh, I remember I was working with Mark Roberts, who's now a big TV, uh, writer producer. And he had this sort of really cool, kind of, you know, everyday guy kind of jokes. He was uh-huh. really, really funny, very smart. And then I would come on, I was a middle act before him with this crazy hair and, you know, singing and yelling and screaming and all the crazy stuff I do. And I thought my job as a comic was to, to kill, mm-hmm. no matter what. Mm-hmm. And I forgot that I was in a show with other people. It was 1990, I think it was, or 89. And I remember he was so mad at me. Oh, yeah. Because I was killing to make it really hard for him. And it had nothing to do with him as a comedian. We just weren't a good match. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I have tried to apologize him for years because I always felt so bad because when I became a headliner, mm-hmm. then I realized that that's not the, the, the middle's job. The middle's right. job is to set up the headliner so the whole show goes well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there's certain comedians that work really well together, like Julie and I work really well mm-hmm. together. There's certain people that do and certain people that don't. Mm-hmm. And who goes before you yeah. and who goes after you is very important. I, I think, though... Don't you think, in terms I, I, of the show? I disagree a little bit about that because there's a there's a fine line between killing, you know, because people think that just the laughing is killing. And it's sometimes people go up there and they shock, they do the shock value, you think mm-hmm. they dumb down the audience and they have a great response and that's when I don't want to follow. It's not that they had a great set. They had a stupid set. They made the audience dumb yeah. and it makes me mad. If they go up and have a their it's voice the same is strong. Thing. It's the same and thing. Then I'm like, no, I don't a, mind. Yeah, because then you know? it's not a good mix for you. Exactly. Then it's not a good mix. Like Sandy Chanley, mm-hmm. uh, one of our mutual friends, me and Mer- and, and yours too. Yeah. Um, you know, I write with her and she's an amazing uh, Emmy award winning producer and uh you know, she taught me a lot about the arcs and about telling stories and about like not, not, not trying to get that laugh because mm-hmm. they're with you. As long as they're with you, you take them on a, ju- a journey, a ride, and it's different as you're when you're headlining because you have to hold them for an hour. You know, um, but it's okay but to go down a little bit when you're absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And and I that was scary for me. So because I used to always be about no, I need that immediate response. I need that mm-hmm. that immediate laughter, that gratification that I'm doing well. And um, so now I have a different, totally different viewpoint, um, you know, of those middle acts that just come in and they shock and dumb down the audience. You're just like, oh, come on, man. You know, now I got to go up and get, make them intelligent for the first, <laughs> bring them back for five minutes. Right. That five minutes is like a struggle. Sometimes and then you can't. You sometimes you can't. Sometimes yeah. it just goes, you go down that street and it's just going to be the way it is. Yeah. yeah. Do you yeah. ever tell a, a middle to not do something? <sighs> That's a hard thing. 
you know, if we're working yes. there the whole week, if you're, <laughs> it is hard because I, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't like to do it, you know. But I, I don't like to do it because I don't think it's my place. But I will say to the whoever who's working with me, what kind of an act? I say I don't uh-huh. want dirty. I don't want this. I don't want that. You know, I mean, there's certain kinds of people. That's respectable. Yeah, that you don't yeah. want to work with. Well, it's funny. I always say nothing at the beginning because a lot of times these middle acts, especially when you go on the East Coast, they're really respectful and they say, is there anything you don't want me to do mm-hmm. or whatever? And I always go, just do your thing. And I watch them. And then at that point, you notice that the young ones all of a sudden start to tip your jokes towards the end of the week. And you're like, yo, yeah. no, no, no. And then I walk up to them and go, listen, don't do that one. Don't do that. You know, mm-hmm. that's why it's important. What do you for mean the head- tip your joke? They, they start, they watch you and they see what is really funny. And then they'll start to like, they'll try to put their viewpoint on one of your jokes that kills. And it's not funny. And they're tipping your stuff. So then, yeah, oh. you're like, no, 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 no. And yeah, yeah. I understand because they they feel inspired. But you you have to, as the headliner, you have to always Or they start to them. sound like you. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. happened to me yeah. a lot where someone starts to take on your cadence. Mm-hmm. And I think, oh, that's, <laughs> you know. Or I've worked with, I was in uh, South Carolina, I think. Or, no, Tennessee, Charlotte. What is it, Tennessee? There's a club there called the, the Comedy Cafe. Am I right? Mm-hmm. It's somewhere in Tennessee. And this guy, he came on stage. I swear to God, he was so funny. The audience loved him. I didn't understand a word he was saying. Okay. <laughs> he looked like he looked like he should be on some. He looked like uh, Jesse James, uh, Sandra uh, Bullock's ex-husband. Right, right. He talked like this and mm-hmm. had the, he was all the tattoos there. And they were like, I thought, oh dear God, this is going to be the worst. I looked at the guy, the kid who was running the the sound. I said, you're going to watch an old. Gay Jew die. <laughs> and, He's know. like again. Yeah. <laughs> so Tennessee. I had to, you know. So I, so I just and, and, it, and it turned out okay because I just said the people, you know, I judge them wrong. Oh yeah, I've done that quite a bit mm-hmm. because I'll see somebody. That. Yeah, I, I did a benefit for and Narcotics Anonymous for what? Uh, Narcotics Anonymous. Oh, Narcotics Anonymous. And the, the, it was in a, a big uh, like a school auditorium. I would like, never be able to do that show. Well, well there were literally, <laughs> literally, like. I'd say 500 people. Mm-hmm. The opening act was really good. It was Jeff Capri. Very good. I love good. Jeff. Really yeah. great, great, great. Guy. Bam, 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 Been bam. on the show. The second act was this magician guy. I can't remember. He's Asian and he's he did everything you don't... He was so original. He was funny. Oh, cool. You know, he he does everything that I don't like before me. He played music that oh, the audience no. is familiar with. He talked to the audience, uh-huh. which is my thing. And he w- he brought people on stage. Oh, everything no. everything you don't want a right, comic right. to do before you because he just pulled the the, the, the audience and he was so brilliant. Mm-hmm. I loved his show was great. And I thought, okay. I, I brought one of the kids that I mentor with me and I said, honey, uh, now you're going to watch Daddy fail. <laughs> <laughs> and I just went on stage and I just went for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I completely went for it. And that's, it was around probably around five years ago when I stopped having that fear. And that's after, and I've been a comedian for 30 years. Wow. And How's st- your set go? I killed. It's one really? of my favorite Great. shows. Oh, really? Awesome. Ever. That's awesome. Good yeah. Bo- I, I wish. I, I'm so envious, but in a healthy way. How many way years are you? Of, I'm 15 years now. Yeah. You'll, yeah. You, there's going to come a time when you just sort of go into this place. It's usually after 15 or 20 years mm. when you just go where that fear leaves. Well, the fear is not there anymore. However, I always go, darn it. When there's someone with a with a music, I always mm-hmm. go, okay, here we go. You know, you prepare yourself like, you know, don't, I'm not going to judge myself. You but know? that will leave you. Oh, I hope so. It's hard yeah. because you, you know what it's like? It's like, I think of Charlton Heston and mm-hmm. Ben-Hur when he's holding that chariot and going through the thing. That's what it really feels like. And after a while, you ju- it's not the fear, maybe I'm saying wrong, you just don't care anymore. Yeah. Right? You know you've That's been doing true. it. And, and it happened to me around 15, 20 years when okay. I just went, oh man. 
Yeah, because I music, I wish. Oh, it's oh. really hard to I follow. mean, I can sing, but, you know, what am I going to do? Do tracks and do something, you know? <laughs> I'm like, come on. But, like, guitar, like, I even bought a guitar. It's been sitting there for two years. Like, I just... I, Especially if it's something they're familiar with. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. don't want that. No, 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 know? no. So, you know, it's just... Uh, it's it's that thing where I watch, you know, when Craig Robinson plays the piano, mm-hmm. you're just like, wow, that's awesome. He was My so parents brilliant. suck. <laughs> <laughs> he was, he, we, we did a show with him the other night. Yeah, you were, you left. I left, I left. Oh, and Craig man. Robinson man. Yeah, it was yeah. really interesting. Sorry, I had a kid. Whatever. (laughs) She has a dog. Um, But he did something really fascinating because, you know, when you're as famous as he is, Mm -hmm. and he's not just famous, but he's famous in the comedy world Mm -hmm. for doing comedy movies with a certain persona. He came up and he was doing this little whisper thing. Mm -hmm. And he like pulled them all in. And then he completely turned it around Mm -hmm. and did all this stuff with the piano. It was really quite lovely, I thought. Oh, and he's a good person, like you know, off stage. And I've known him for years. He's a really good guy. Fame doesn't do, you know, uh, anything to him. Doesn't adjust his persona. I think sometimes fame makes people say makes you worse, but I think sometimes it makes people better. I think it makes you more who you are. So I think you know when you're a good person, it just makes you a better person. And you know if you're shitty, then you're you're not gonna be a big old asshole. Oh, I guess. So if that's yeah. who you are, huh? Yeah, totally. Kind of like cocaine. Yeah, true. Yeah, kind of like tequila. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, tequila makes you a bad person. Yeah, tequila's just, take the you're like, I'm going to murder you. Bad person. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For me, it's chocolate cake. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah, I don't do drugs. Do you do like, ah, do you yeah, go too much crazy? Ca- oh, sugar. Oh, sugar rush? Yeah, I love oh, yeah. it. Love it! <laughs> do you snort sugar? No, I would love to if you could. <laughs> you could. I'm wondering sugar. if you snorted, it would be less calories. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you said something earlier about... Um, Having a different outfit every day of the week. Oh, I used to do that when I first started. I have a show. superstition, which I talked about a lot on this. If uh, I wear the same outfit the whole week, you do? Yeah, the whole week Does for the whole stink? week. Stink. It does when you go to Vegas and do twelve shows. Yeah, <laughs> around Saturday <laughs> you start God. to really stink. Well, what if but, you get the same shirt, but it's just a like the you never change anything? Yeah. Uh. Uh-uh. That's strange. It's just a superstition. But you change underwear and you shower, right? I don't know. I yeah. go commando in a shower. Do <laughs> um, you guys have any superstitions? Oh. Hmm. I think breathing and listening. That's what I concentrate on the most. Oh, really? I really concentrate on listening. Mm-hmm. Really a lot. And breathing. Because, if, really? because, because when you do, for me, it's all about the rhythm. Because I don't just say funny things. I say things funny. I think mm-hmm. there's three mm-hmm. kinds of comedians. Mm-hmm. Comedians that say things funny comedians that say funny things and then comedians that are funny looking mm. you know it's a visual thing but i'd have the other two i used to have all three but i don't have that anymore because i don't wear the weird outfits mm-hmm. but i think for me i have to hear what's going on in the room i don't think i've super i have rituals though they're definite rituals like it's weird do you like, think i would fall under the same category yeah like what yeah like um in the hotel room well, like, okay, first when I get to the hotel room, I Lysol everything and I put towels down on the floor so I can walk barefoot. I, like, have a weird thing with that. Okay, that's that. not a ritual. That's, that's more no, OCD. That's, this is OCD, but ritual before a show. You put towels on the floor? Oh, yes, yeah, so you can walk around in your, with no shoes. Why don't you take a shower? No, that floor, that's so dirty, that carpet, it's disgusting. They vacuum more than you probably vacuum your own house. No, it is so, they Did don't even carry Lysol. I've watched everything. Okay. I'm, like, a freak. Okay, so, but the rituals before a show is... 
I work out. Clap my hands and, three times. And then I go over my set. I listen to the set the night before or the last, you know, the current one. Listen to the whole thing. Go over my notes. Go through my head. Go in the shower. Go through the beats of each, the topic or whatever. And and that's my ritual. And then I sit, you know, and then I have, um, I usually try not to drink until after mm-hmm. the first show. Because if we have two shows, because I'll have like one glass of wine or something like that after the first show. But I try not to. I try to keep a clear head always for the first show show you know because if i have a glass of wine second show it's like Woo-hoo! you know i'm the lightweight thing. i cry <laughs> um you do. I, no i cry a lot and i and i i cry and i don't, god, I don't do any of that you don't do any of that no i'm terrible but i'm also god I, i'm i'm almost i'm this close to being dead i'm an erotic um, though if someone's on the road with me like if a friend came in, i like literally go you have to leave at six. Oh yeah like go somewhere yeah, I. Oh no, I'll do that when my wife comes to a show with me, like at Melrose or whatever. She's like, "What time are you leaving?" I'm like, "You have to be ready uh, at five thirty. I don't yeah. know when I'm going to leave, but you have to be ready because I'll just we'll just be sitting there. I'm like, I got to go. Yeah, I'll just get up and go. Really? Yeah, God, yeah. I'm I'm like now I'm ready too. to go. Now I'm ready to go to the club. It could be seven thirty for an eight o'clock show, or it could be seven or six forty five. I like to be in the room five minutes before, <laughs> so I can watch the people. He was here five minutes before. Yeah, I like I, oh, I like good. to be in there in just a couple of minutes. And I like to watch what's going on in the that's room. That's a very oh, actor sure. thing. But too. I watch the clothes yeah. and I watch the race of the people and the mm-hmm. age and all the different things. So you get a sense of who's in the room and what they might be into. Mm-hmm. I uh, I don't like to watch the other comedians. I don't watch the other comedians. I, I watch the reaction of the audience to the other comedians. Yeah, I, I watch like, that a yeah. little, but I don't mm-hmm. like to be influenced or, mm-hmm. you know, and I, if I'm in the show, I'm in the show. There's nothing I can do Do you now. still get nervous? Um, I get nervous if there's somebody important to see me and I have to do something. But now I don't really even care about that anymore because, <laughs> yeah, because they don't want me. They don't. I'm too old. They don't give a shit. Right. What you about know, you? I can kill a show and, you know, it doesn't matter. Somebody who's 10 times younger is going to get the job, mm-hmm. you know. If I don't get a little bit of butterflies, it means I don't care about the show. Yeah. So I like a little bit of but I don't get nervous to where I'm like, I'm looking nervous and I'm going to throw up or anything like that. Diarrhea. I get that You know what I get is is that I have to be in a place where I'm open. Yeah. I have to get into a place where I'm open. So what I do is I I, I sort of pray about that. Just open myself up to to being in the moment. It's the same thing as an actor because I don't know what's really going to go on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you still, you can go in and, and do all the shit that you do mm-hmm. and then you could kill or bomb. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, it, it's just the way it is. There, mm-hmm. are mo- there are times that, you know, I rarely bomb now because... I have skills, mm-hmm. but there's some sets that are better. I'm sure same for you. Yeah. And if you do bomb, it's like, oh, what the fuck happened? I remember right. there was right, a night right. at the Laugh Factory in Long Beach, and I and everybody's bombing the whole night. I thought, I'm not going to. It's them. It's not me. Right. And I get on stage, and this, you know, it's a small crowd, and it was just like they were not having it. Huh. Wow, you're like you're at a comedy. That's why I never understand. You're at a comedy club. You're here to laugh, like yeah. laugh. Like, but that doesn't judging. mean they don't necessarily. Write. I know it's really funny. After a show, they'll yeah. come up and be like, "You are so amazing." <laughs> and you're like, "Um, then okay. why didn't you laugh? You yeah. got off. That was but the best. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like you got off, and I didn't. That was the most fun night I've had in a long time. Yeah. Really, really. You must. And then hate they your buy life. more CDs yeah. and more merch than ever. <laughs> yeah. And then and then you have a show where you completely kill, and no one buys anything or yeah, even yeah. talks right. to you, and they just can't wait to get out. They do that beeline right by you. Don't even yeah. say hi. Oh my gosh! Me t- one time, me and Carlos Alas Rocky were in um, uh, Kentucky during the Kentucky ice storm, mm-hmm. and the place, all their shows were completely sold out. And I think it's because there was no heat, and we had heat, so everybody <laughs> came to the shows. And we're talking like these guys were probably the size no of the heat? table. Yeah, because all the electricity went out, like oh whatever. In our this comedy is the club. Kentucky ice storm. Yeah. 
it was, I don't know. I just, it I was, it was, it was amazing. Was <laughs> and we got, we got stuck, I think like in Detroit for a night or whatever, had a blast at the hotel. It was stupid. Um, but it, everything looked like, um, diamonds cause mm-hmm. the, the way that it, the icicles froze on the trees and on the bushes, it was beautiful, but people were not happy cause they didn't have heat. But so right. they came to the comedy club cause we had heat and these guys were like really like tough Kentucky guys. Like, and I stood, me and Carlos stood in the back of the audience before the show began and we went, we love what we do. We love what we do. <laughs> <laughs> and we ended up having the best shows all weekend, sold out of merch within the second show. I mean, it was, so, and I was introduced to Woodbridge uh, Reserve um, Bourbon and it was... <laughs> <laughs> it was an important evening. It was a very important <laughs> evening. So, uh, but it was like the most incredible experience, but I was so scared that that first show and each show because you're just like oh that's gosh. the way I felt, felt about the, the Narcotics Anonymous the whole audience looked like they were the cast of Lockup <laughs> so, but I mean that, because, and then you, you when I noticed is that it, when that happened is that you can't always judge everything that you think you know can go out the window at yeah. times yeah. Yeah. it really can you know it really can go out the window and you just have to breathe and listen and not compare yourself to other people mm-hmm. that's one thing I really learned too and it that's keeps hard. it exciting yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be that excited anymore. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, uh, thanks out for coming out today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. What's, uh, what's next for uh, Jill Michelle? Next for me, I got a new podcast. It's called oh, well. Playing Nice with uh, Ida Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, you can get it on iTunes right awesome. now, which our first episode just went up. We don't plug other podcasts. All on right, well, show. I'm going to plug mine. <laughs> so you don't have to plug it. I'll <laughs> I'm plug kidding, it. I'm kidding. Um, and then uh, also, I'm working on a couple of projects, so everyone keep your fingers crossed. But you can find me um, at jillyonline.com. Twitter awesome. is at jillyonline. Instagram at jillyonline. J I L L Y. Yes. Okay, awesome. Okay. I know yes. Jilly with a G. Jason Stewart. Really? Uh, go- Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> go to jasonstewart.com s-t-u-a-r-t you can find out where I'm playing what mm-hmm. I'm doing I also have a podcast every Tuesdays at noon called Absolutely Jason Stewart on T-Radio V mm-hmm. which you can find on my website and I have a big movie coming out in August called Love is Strange with Alfred Molina John Lithgow and Marissa Tomei awesome and a couple other movies that I don't know when are coming out if they ever do I danced with Marissa Tomei one time. Did you? Oh, Did you? man. Isn't I was, she sweet? She was, and I was in love with, I fell in love with her on the, and I'm like, I, I can't believe Everybody I'm Everybody I can't believe, I'm going to get her number. <laughs> I'm going to da- I'm going to marry Marissa. The dance ended. God, Out. just never, and never saw her again. <laughs> I was like, where oh. were you dancing with? And you uh, took your wallet. Uh, <laughs> Damn Latinas. <laughs> you have her, you have her screen actress go card, right? <laughs> uh, Rosie Perez's house. Rosie Perez lived oh like a block oh away God, from me. <laughs> Thanks for coming. <laughs> Made up that whole story just so she could do a Rosie Perez impression. <laughs> and I loved it all. I adore this woman. No, it's the truth. I'm a still, I'm a full relationship of falling in love and being heartbroken for the length of. Uh, Hot chocolates, uh, you sexy thing. Oh, nice. <laughs> you even remember. I love the song. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you guys for coming. Uh, guys, check out All Things Comedy. Oh, uh, thanks to Emmett for producing uh, the show today. Ooh, We're at the studio. Yeah. and uh, He's so cute. Rob <laughs> Wright took it down. <laughs> and uh, Emmett, what, we got a stand-up show coming up, All Things Comedy, with Bill Burr headlining, Dave Anthony. At the Bootleg Theater in Los Feliz. That's a cool on, place. On no, it's oh. no, it's not on Melrose. The Bootleg is on Beverly. Oh, it's I actually okay, got to play there. It's a okay. really cool place. So it's at the Bootleg. Dave Anthony's on it. Don't let that hinder you. you should go anyway. Bill Burr's headlining. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know who else is on it, but it's always good. I'm going to be there. I haven't been there in a while. When is that? May 29th. Uh, 
April 29th. April 29th. I left all my notes at home. I'm not even sure what your guys' names are. We're not even here. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, you can catch, uh, oh, get your uh, new Road Story shirts at uh, Estoy Merchandise, uh, where you can get the All Things Comedy uh, t-shirts also. Am I right? Um, We're a big family here at All Things Comedy. So thank you guys for listening. And... um, what are dates, dates, dates? I'm in town for a while. I picked up a writing gig, so I'll be locally Irvine, Melrose, and then I'm off to Vegas in June. So uh, thanks for listening. I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks, guys. Thank you. That was fun. Oh, good. I like when people say it's fun. You want to know about life on the road? It's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns, and fees, fights, candle flights, running with the runs, and blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette. <laughs> Drunks in the front making out for your set. And middle acts doing blow more missing merch. And drive the rental car past another mega church. And juice keys, vagina fists, your cell phone is gone. One big law and order marathon.